Hey, Fedheads, you're tuning in to another episode of Cigar Chat. I'm your host, John, the Cigar Surgeon. Cigar Chat is broadcast around the world, picked up on the Armed Forces Radio Network. And of course, you can tune in at CigarFederation.com live, YouTube.com, and now Facebook Live. Thanks to all our podcast listeners out there. We know you guys are out there in droves listening around the world. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Trippy Trent. Trippy, what's going on, buddy? Hey, yo. Slow news day. Um, yeah, very slow news day. Uh, I mean, yep. it's just been a slow day overall. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like we had back-to-back shows or anything. No. No, we're, <clears> we're just, this is just how we roll. And of course, <clears throat> monkeys dance. we are uh, joined by our illustrious MFN CEO. What I, what, what's, what's the new title? I think it, uh, you could call I think it it's transitionary. Just CEO. I think you just call it transitionary. Like, Transition, start, like interim? Tea. Yeah, TCEO, transitionary CEO. Yeah, man. Nice. So I had I had this big uh, I had this big show planned. I figured we're just you know going to talk about IPCPR, talk about you know where we thought the uh, trade show was going to go and that kind of thing. But um, you know things have changed. We've got a got something else to talk about. Well, yeah, little 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 nugget, little uh, little breaking news. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm actually too busy watching our cigars battle zone. <laughs> I'm kidding. I shouldn't even give those guys credit for anything. Anyways, so yeah, man. Uh, so yeah, SigFed is now owned once again by Ezra Zion Community, SigFed Tobaccos, the SigFed store, the whole enchilada. And why, pray tell, Logan, being a savvy businessman, why would you do such a thing? Why would you sell back such a gem like SigFed? Back to Ezra Zion. Well, let me tell you, friends. I don't know who sang the song, but you got to know when to hold them. You got to know when to fold them. And you got to know when to run. What about walking away? Listen? I don't know the you rest of the song because I don't listen. I don't listen to country <laughs> songs. Roger that. Uh, but I know it goes something like that. And with the FDA, man, it's just I think it's going all sideways. You know, it's been a good run. You know, and at the end of the day, man, I've got a. I mean, I don't know if a lot of people know this about me, but I've got a corporate job. You know, I've got a daughter. I've got a wife. I've got a house. I've got a dog. Like I have a coffee business, I have other things that I'm involved with and it's just too much, man. At the end of the day, it's just too much. And, you know, I think it, it looks a good fit. I think, uh, it'll be a good fit with Chris and Kyle at Ezra's Line. I mean, I think they're getting more vertically integrated and frankly, it never hurts to have a fat stack of cash in your wallet, man. It's funny. Yeah. If I, if I spent all that I got from the buyout in the Vegas, then my wife would be very upset. Uh-huh. Like that would be, that would be, that would be an epically but bad But you can move. try I mean, you could throw a little bit around, you know what I'm saying? Like, it wouldn't be yeah. wouldn't be a bad thing to drop 50 on black or something like that, you know? Yeah, no, you could easily do that. I, I could go to, like, legitimately go to the high roller room and, like, get crazy for a minute. Like, about a minute. And that'd be about <laughs> as far as I could go. Just watch your whole future vanish. Yeah, man. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm sad to see it go, but, I mean, really at the end of the day, right? I mean, the I don't think community-wise, I mean, the transitionary period, I'm still going to remain a seat. As T CEO, transitionary CEO. And at that point, who knows, man? I mean, I might walk away depending on the comp package that Chris and Kyle offer me. I might stay. I mean, I don't really know. Um, I mean, we will definitely see. Um, but at the end of the day, right? I mean, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. I mean, it's, I don't know, man. It's just, it's, it's kind of like I'm like giving away, it's kind of like partial my body, like part of my heart hurts. And then part of me is like really excited, right? Like, cause I know that Chris and Kyle are going to probably take it to places I never took it. But at the same time, it's kind of like, you know, it was on life support back in 2013 
2013 when we came around, right, John? Yep. Like, it was nothing. And just look where it's came, right? I mean, it went from the community was dead to growing <sighs> into probably second or third biggest cigar community, like forum community on the internet. I mean, the largest widely viewed podcast in the world, cigar-wise at least. You know, having a store, doing, you know, I won't say how much we did, but it's a lot more in sales than people probably think. And, you know, da-da-da-da-da. So it's just like all this great stuff's happened. So I don't want people to think I've, like, abandoned them. But, you know, at the end of the day, right, I got to do what's best for me and my family. And this is it. Started at the bottom, now we're her. Huh? Started at the bottom, now we're her. Yeah, started at the bottom, now we're here. So so no longer, I, I would I would request that if you have an issue or concern or commentary, <laughs> please do not email me. I will be changing my email address to something else other Those than days. Morgan. Yeah, very quickly. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I'll change it to something awesome that only certain people know. But yeah, no, man, I'm still going to the trade show. I, I mean, I'm still going to be buying cigars for the short term, you know, and we'll just, we'll kind of see what happens, man. Should we, uh, should we hop right into the audience questions? Because I know we had, <clears throat> we, I know we had a couple questions sure, sure. on uh, uh, SigFed, and I know sure. we had uh, some on f- the Facebooks. So, uh, um, I, I think you've sure, actually kind of already are these answered questions for me them. specifically. Oh yeah, yes. of course. So the first two are from oh. Aaron Loomis over at developing pallets. He says, hey, Loomis, you're right, brother. I know. You nailed it. <laughs> hey, uh, let me just say Loomis. No, go ahead. Ask Loomis's question. All right. I'll ask his question. I'll ask his two questions. Cause you really kind of answered both of them. First one is whether you plan to stay on and transition, uh, and then depart from SigFed entirely. And the second is whether the sale is directly attributed to the looming FDA. Um, so staying on for the short term, I mean, there is a transitionary period, which I mean, that could be, and I mean, it just depends on how fast things get transitioned and ramped up, right? Like, I mean, obviously through the trade show, I mean, if things go really well, it could be a couple of months or if things take a lot longer than expected, it could be several quarters. I, I don't really know. Um, but yeah, I am going to stay on at least for the immediate short term. Um, and why did the sale happen? Well, I mean, kind of a combination of two things is that um, one is the FDA, right? I mean, the, the, the SigFed store, right, is, well, I'd like to think, kind of a premier boutique place to buy cigars, right? And like most people don't know this, but last year during the same period, there was like about 7x more new cigars released during the same time frame from January. And I'm not talking about SigFed tobaccos. I'm not talking about all the, the squirrely crap that I put out on SigFed tobaccos. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like from other manufacturers, about seven times more new cigars. Well, that's what the SigFed store lives off of, right? It's not selling our Macanudos, our box of Macanudos to a guy who's 50 years old with gray hair every month and a half. That's not the business model. And with no new cigars, I mean, dude, Bishop's Blend, there were 600 boxes released. We got like probably 10% of the total production. I literally... Crap you, can we cuss? No, crap you not. Those sold out in 45 minutes and it was just like making cheddar all day long. But you know what? When those don't happen, what are you supposed to sell? Do you know what I mean? Because we're not, uh, SigFed store is not the cheapest thing on the market, right? Like, I mean, it's not, you can go to a small batch and go to other places cheaper. So when you're living and dying on that kind of stuff, you know, in between the FDA and everything else. And honestly, it just comes down to, I'm just too damn busy. I mean, it got to the point where we're like, Hey, we're going to make trip a mod sweet. How long did it take me to get you an email address trip? Like, L- literally took- forever. It took forever. <laughs> literally, forever. literally like, forever. Like, I think five months, maybe it was five months. I think it was, it was actually like, five months. 
No, I okay. think it happened in January, and then I just got it like two weeks ago. Okay, well, hey. Um, <laughs> but I really meant to do it for like three weeks, and then I finally got it done. And I don't like being that guy. I really don't. I don't like being the guy that takes forever to get stuff done or doesn't answer emails. And it just got to the point between family, kids, the coffee, you know, I mean, everything. I just, just too much, man. I feel like you uh, underestimated how busy it was having kids. Oh, my God. I totally (laughs) underestimated it. But it's not really that underestimated because I knew it'd be busy. I think I underestimated how much time I'd want to spend with her. Do you know what I mean? I know that's an asshole thing to say. But, like, when I first had Callaway, I was like, ew, what is this mongoloid doing in my house? Like, get her out of here. And then tonight, you know what we did? She hurried home from daycare, and I pretended I was Maui with my hook and chased her around in the pool as she swam away and said, daddy, go get me Maui. And then she pretended she was captain America with her shield. And then oh. she literally like chest, like hit me in the chest, like almost knocked the window. I mean, it was pretty impressive. And then she decided to go do a dance party because she knocked out Maui. Like I would honestly, I know that sounds really stupid for people who don't have kids, but that's kind of what I want to do right now, man. You know, I hear that. It's just, I don't know. So Loomis, I will say for the record, even though I think you're a, you're a, a squirmy, you know, just riffraff, slanderous, salamander, just no good, get out of here kind of guy, I will admit to you, your prophecy is, is somewhat correct, but not 100% correct yet. We'll have to revisit it at the end of the year, sir. So before we get into Facebook questions, I just want to talk about Lane Coffee, your your newest venture. So what kind of time, like, like in a typical day, how much time of your day is Lane Coffee appropriating from from your waking hours? Uh, a lot more, a lot more than originally expected. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did on a, a council of a good friend. I won't say who. Uh, I was looking at a very very small roaster that uh, you know did sub a pound. And then this friend counseled me. He's like, well, you know, that, that might be a really bad idea. So I ended up going with a, a three pound roaster. It's actually the black ghost over there in the corner. If you ever wondered what that was Christmas uh, tree, the, the black Christmas tree. Um, but, uh, needless to say, um, it's starting to get filled up to the point where like, yeah, I mean, even though I can do three pound batches, which seems good, right? I can still do 15 pounds an hour. It's like when you did like when I did a sale, right? Like for, I don't know, like Fourth of July or whatever. Like Allie was like, "Are you gonna come inside anytime soon? Or are you just gonna like roast coffee all day?" And I'm like, "Honey, I'm trying to just get this stuff done." And I mean, I mean, honestly, I did the math, and I hate to even share this on air because it hasn't happened yet, and I don't want to jinx myself, so I'm knocking on wood. But as you know, I'm doing a contract roast for uh, Nick at Foundation Cigar Company, which I'm super pumped about. I did the math. And like, if we sell the estimated amount of bags that I think that we could potentially sell based on what I've seen other companies do and just awesome. We both are like, I'm going to be like roasting literally nonstop 24 hours a day for about three weeks. That sounds brutal. It's going to be brutal. It's going to be brutal. So yes, it is growing a lot. It's been profitable since day one, which is awesome. It's making great money. And honestly, I'm, I'm really excited about it. It's cool, you know, and I don't have to worry about things like, I don't know, the FDA. Unless they start moving in on coffee. I don't think that's going to happen, man. I don't think Knock so. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. Regu- regulating that caffeine intake? I doubt that's going to happen. Well, they might regulate caffeine intake, but 
the good news is, is that at the end of the day, right, if they try to regulate, you know, coffee, then I've got, you know, Starbucks and all these major conglomerates that are going to go out and fight, wage war, right? Yeah. Cigar industry, unfortunately, does not really have that. Fair well, b- before we get into our next audience question, I'll, uh, I'll actually take a quick station break here and remind our audience, you are tuning in to Cigar Chat broadcast live, heard at CigarFederation.com, YouTube.com, and Facebook Live. Thanks for all our live listeners who are tuning in tonight. And, of course, you can tune in at every podcast catcher in the world. Thanks to all our podcast listeners, wherever you're listening in the world. Thanks for subscribing. We appreciate it. Please stay tuned for a word from one of our sponsors. Brought to you by Gurkha Cigars. Gurkha Cigars, makers of the world's finest cigars. Try the 93-rated Heritage featuring Rosado, Ecuador, and Habana wrapper, Nicaraguan binder, and Dominican, Pennsylvania, and Nicaraguan fillers. Blended by Gurkha's blending team at American Caribbean Cigars, it's hand-rolled Nicaragua and available in 35-count boxes. Talk to your local B&M about the Heritage today, or talk to them about other fine Gurkha cigars. Whatever your taste preference is, Gurkha has a cigar that's right for you. We back. We back. Talking IPCPR, talking Cigar Federation. So should we should we drop the announcement? Because I mean we've been teasing it about about our big our big suite at the IPCPR. Should we uh, formally drop that 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 info? What info? Our ball or suite? No, we got it. Our party suite, man. Yeah. We well we need to we need to since the there is new management of Cigar Federation, we need to discuss the the inflows and outflows of that party. But yes, we can talk about it. I don't care. The inflows and outflows. In terms of cash. Yes, uh, obviously. I thought so, you were dropping your uh, your SigFed check on that. Oh, no. I, I'm paying. Well, SigFed's paying for it. So, yeah, no, I'm, I'm I, I meant I thought you were dropping your buyout money on that. Oh, no. Buyout money's <laughs> already in the bank, sir. <laughs> buyout money's already in the bank. Got that in the 401k. Dude, I wish. You can't put anything... I, let me not get into investing rules in America and how stupid it is. But anyways, go ahead. Well, we, I mean, so for those who aren't aware, uh, in the past, we've stayed at such fun establishments as uh, Stratosphere. It's uh, not my favorite. The uh, Tried to stay at the Circus Circus. But, that's, uh, a, that's a funny story. We're, I mean, that's we're, a terrible place anyway. We, we're worried about uh, assault on our persons, violation of our persons. Where else have we stayed? Dome. The Rape Dome. Oh, we stayed at the um, Harris, the Harris wasn't bad. Harris, yeah, the no, link at Harris. No, we stayed at the link. We stayed at Harris. That's and right, because we had to switch bad. it up because they lied to us about the internet. Because they're liars. Liar, liar, pants on fire. And that's right. You can't sue me for slander if it's true. And it is. It's true. Um, yeah, Harris was nice. And uh, they got that, that nice breakfast down in the... You know, I love those uh, those red velvet pancakes, dog. That Dude, those Snickers pancakes messed uh-huh. me up. My butthole was wrecked for at least 24 hours. Oh, yeah, that was that... Um, it's that breakfast place you went to that people were lining up for. I don't remember the name of it. It was like some comfort food place, it and it was terrible. delicious terrible. until it came out. Until it came out, yeah, yeah, it wasn't good. Then it hurt. That hurt. So uh, we, of course, are staying at the Cosmopolitan, which is uh, you know we're we're staying at the Baller Suite. You can actually look it up. It's called the Baller Suite at the Cosmopolitan. I think is it really called the Baller Suite? No, it's not called the Baller Suite. We're calling it the Baller Suite. We're going to tape that to the door. We're going to call it the Baller Suite. But it, but it's gonna be spelled like Lawler, so it's gonna be B A W L E R. See what go. I did there? Baller suite. And uh, what is it like? Twelve hundred twenty square feet plus uh, yep. four hundred fifty square, square foot uh, smoking area. Yeah, it's pretty nice, man. Because I I I'm just gonna say this might be my last IPCPR, so we got to do this 
upright, my friend. Got to do it upright. We're, we're certainly doing it upright. Oh, we are. I might even drink. I don't even know. Oh, if I drink, though. Oh, God. Watch out. Oh, snap. Charlie Murphy's. <laughs> Calling Charlie Murphy. Call but, for you. But if I drink, one of you got to stay halfway sober to control me. I can do no, that. I got, I, you know me, man, Dan sure. Mother. Even, even, yeah, uh, I don't two, think you understand. Two, two bottles in. Chuck Murphy. Nah, you know, I got that jujitsu dog. I could, I can restrain you and do it in old gentle style so you, you don't leave any bruises. <laughs> Chuck Murphy will find a paint can and throw it. Nah, it's all good. Okay, oh my God. We're used to, you know, peacekeeping around the world. We got that. I know. Hey, congratulations on Canada's 150th birthday, man. Thank you, brother. Appreciate like that. Couple oh, days. yeah. Very nice. I mean, it It doesn't really, like, what was this, what was this uh, birthday for, for the United States, like, 312 or something? Uh, I believe no. 321, 31? Yeah. No, it's not 300, dude. 1776. Oh, 241. It's like 240. That's no, not too bad. So we're not that it's that almost two, It's almost 250. All right. In 2026, it'll be 250. No, 2000. Yeah, 2026. It'll be 250. That means it's 241. But uh, back to what I was saying. So we are, uh, I don't think raging is the appropriate, but we are going uh, baller style at the IPCPR. And uh, I think the plan, the, 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 so check your emails. Those who know will get an email. Uh, we're going to have From a this mysterious Logan Lawler's email address, which will not right. be Logan at Cigar Federation. It'll be something right. else. It'll awesome. be. It'll be something, at yeah, it'll be Logan at gmail.com. <laughs> Snicker, snickerdoodles at gmail.com. And um, Logan at, Logan at we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have a little bit of an impromptu party, a little <laughs> little, little get together, little Maybe. intimate gathering. I mean, they've got, they've also got some really good food at the Cosmopolitan, which we could probably get. Do they, like, really? do they? Really? Oh yeah. So they have oh, yeah. a milk bar and Momofuku there. So milk maybe bar's we'll get, legit, dog. I don't know a a big crack pie. Sounds like a good idea. Okay, I don't even know what you're talking about, but I'm Dude, just long for the. You're gonna man. fall in love with crack pie when you try it. Is it like chocolate? No, it's like I don't know. It's it's hard to describe because it's got so much stuff in it, but it's like it's almost like a caramel pie. I'm down. You'll love it. You know the fat boy inside me. I was down for that. I'm down, homie. So let's uh, so check your emails if you're in the know. You begin an email. Uh, but let's talk about let's talk about the IPCPR because uh, you know there's uh, there's a lot of talk, and I feel like the um, the IPCPR uh, what would you call them the the the, the faculty the the senior management of the IPCPR um, kind of kind of position administration it like, the administration kind of position it like there was another buyer that had come in and uh, and it had a bigger better contract and basically uh, mm-hmm. as a result bought our contract out for the convention center. But I think it's reasonable to say that, that seems uh, like BS. it's BS and that, you know, maybe four or 500 of us smoking at the circle bar along with, uh, I don't know how many hundreds, thousands of us smoking in the convention center uh, <coughs> might've, might've lend itself to us being disinvited from the premises. Would you say that's pretty reasonable? I mean, I think we should probably go post it on our cigars battle zone because they seem to know everything in the world about cigars. Tell them to get the bottle. Uh, get make sure you go ask them. But uh, I don't know, man. It's I've, I've it's been curious. Um, I don't know. I mean, it could be that. I mean, I mean, contractually, you would think IPCPR would not agree to the premise of a leveraged buyout. Like if 
you know, not leverage file, but if somebody came in with a bigger and better deal, they could do it. Like, I don't know. It just seems kind of fishy. Like my gut tells me is that, I mean, this is totally superstition, probably uh, belongs on our cigars battle zone, but my gut would tell me is that they came around to the option period because they probably had so long to renew the conference. It came to that option period and they basically were like, crap, we're not going to have enough people to show and make enough money to actually make this worthwhile. Screw it. Let's just go to some rinky dink place in Vegas and it'll be a lot cheaper and it'll save us money. That's my thought. I think it's more an IPCPR side than the convention center side. So we have, uh, we being the, uh, the Royal, we has a uh, contract through 2018, as I understand it. So we've got uh, guaranteed one more year at the IPCPR. Is that my, my accurate on that at the uh, Las Vegas convention center? I think there's contract in place. Yeah. All, all reports have said, yes. Okay. Uh, that's what I've heard is that, that IPCPR has a contract for 2017 and 2018. So it's probably unlikely. I think we lost Logan there for a minute. Nope. Um, but it's uh, it's probably unlikely that they would uh, disinvite us from the convention center because it's it's uh, you know locked in for two years. Have they ever been? Have you ever been there? Know what it's like? Is it nice? Is it ugly? Is it good? I've I've not actually. Have you tripped? I have no idea. I, I, I saw some uh, comments about the air conditioning or uh, potential lack thereof of air conditioning. Oh, God. I don't I don't know if that's just. I mean, you never know going into to a convention whether that's uh, just you know pregame or whatever. But there was a discussion about um, whether the uh, air conditioning there was like hundred percent. I know we had some issues uh, last year at the uh, Sands Convention Center. The first day, I think they had the they had the air exchangers off. So by I think by one o'clock, the entire place was like smoked out. Remember All right, that? guys. Everybody has to be ready for interviews in wife beaters and boxers. That's what I'm saying. Dude, I will totally go around in wife beaters and boxers and interview people. All right. You're the I'm, new interviewer. I'm going to do some interviews. I got to, man. You know, because it might be my last year. I've got a few. I've got a list of people I want to interview. And hopefully you guys are willing to let All right, me. We'll have to talk about that. Okay. Well, I made for some uh, fantastic uh, B-roll in 2015. I think it was some of the best B-roll we've had. That was day. a hilarious video. Yeah. For, for those who haven't checked it out, for shame, first of all, but make sure to go to our YouTube channel, check out our IPCPR B-roll, because we worked pretty hard on that. And uh, 2015, I think 2015 edged out 2016 B-roll, but we did have some some pretty funny shenanigans happen in 2016 that caught on video and made for some pretty entertaining stuff. Most of which were Andre. Yeah, he's, he's crazy. He's, he's a riot. There's a reason why he um, introduces the IPCPR B-roll coverage every year. So what are you expecting at the uh, at the show? I mean, I think... You know, looking at the uh, the list of vendors, um, I mean, it definitely seems to be a smaller show than what we've seen in past years. I think that's a accurate, <coughs> fair statement. Yep. yep. A lot of smaller guys won't be there. A lot of smaller I mean, guys I, won't be there. Yeah, I know that. A lot of smaller guys won't be there. I mean, honestly, I'm, like I said, I'm kind of excited to see. I'm kind of scared, but I'm also kind of excited to see the train wreck that it is. You know what I mean? When you see a car coming in another car and you're like, no, don't hit because the people might get hurt. But I can't stare away because I got to see the hit. That's kind of what I'm expecting. Well, I know there was uh, there was a lot of, uh, or at least not a lot of, but there was a there was a couple interesting discussions started about. Um, You're talking about uh, pre yeah, samples yeah. and stuff, or giving show specials before mm-hmm. the show. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. my god, it's America, people! It's America. Like, what? First of all, what's your thought? On it? I'll give you my thought on it. You want my thought? Yeah, sure. 
want both your thoughts. It's your guys. Okay, thoughts. so I've I have two thoughts. Number one, <clears throat> I mean, the whole point of the IPCPR is it's it's an interesting sh- it's an industry show, right? The whole yes. purpose is to showcase your product and to sell your product. I mean, it's not a consumer uh, it's not a consumer conference. It's an industry conference. Yep. So keeping that in mind, the number one purpose of the show is to have people come to the show. And uh, for people who aren't aware, most of the manufacturers pay a buttload of money to a be lot. there. Like a lot. A lot. Yeah. Like, like I don't think people really <laughs> it's understand. Stupid. It's crazy stupid. It's crazy stupid. I think some people might think like, you know, 20, 30 grand, add zeros to the end of that. And you start to approach just the cost of what it is to travel there and set up a booth, letting like taking aside shipping of product and paying your staff there for four days, five days, flights and all that. It's very, very expensive. So from that perspective, if the purpose of the show is to showcase your new product and the purpose of the show is to sell new product, it kind of behooves you to not give out show specials. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a manufacturer. I just want to preface that. I don't sell cigars. I'm in the retail end of things, but I'm going as a retailer. That's, that's, that's my primary role. I'm a retailer. I'm going to the IPCPR. I'm going to the IPCPR. I'm spending my money. It's my cash money other than the hotel. Uh, daddy money bucks. Yep. You're welcome. Uh, thank you, sir. Uh, but I'm going there because that's where you get to see the manufacturers, talk to manufacturers and see a new product. So what is the purpose of offering show specials to people who can't be bothered to spend the, what is it? 200 bucks for a retailer flights to fly to Vegas. I mean, it's not that expensive. I, I pay a lot more than that as a Canadian and flights are, uh, uh, the uh, hotel rooms in Vegas are not expensive at all. So, Beyond the fact you get to meet the manufacturers, beyond the fact that, you know, you get a lot of education about the cigar product, why wouldn't you go to the IPCPR and support the industry and, and take take advantage of the show specials at the show? Like, I don't, like, that, that's, that's 95% of the whole purpose of the show. I would disagree with you on a lot of different levels. I agree it's an industry trade show, but in it, they do showcase a lot of new products. But the show's purpose is not necessarily to buy new product. New product can be bought at any point in time. It's to go have an established relationship. And if you want to be the retailer that goes and out and establishes, and I will tell you firsthand, because I bought many cigars. If you have a relationship with a manufacturer or a guy who sells cigars, it's very easy if you have a good relationship, you know, come December when they're trying to get cigars off the books to go up and say, hey, Bubba, I got some cash. Oh yeah, that cigar is four bucks wholesale. Well, I'll give you two bucks wholesale, but I'll buy five hundred of them, and they'll usually do it. If you don't have relationship, there's no way that's happening. So, really, for me, the purpose of the show is relationships because you only—that's the only time th- throughout the year where pretty much everyone congregates and travels. Yeah, to kind of one spot. Um, but I—I I don't think that. You know, I've seen a lot of people get upset about, oh, you shouldn't offer your specials at the show and all this kind of stuff. Before and the show. Honestly, before the show. Well, even, I mean, I've heard before the show, but I've also heard to people that don't attend the show. Yeah. <clears throat> I've seen both. And I don't really see a problem with it because, I mean, it's more than what you think, Sean, as a retailer, right? Let's say you go and you find a hotel. It's a hundred bucks a night. Well, there's four nights. There's 400 bucks plus your food. Plus your airplane ticket, plus everything else. Let's just say you spend a thousand dollars. That's if you're just yourself. And let's say you know you take another person that you add another five hundred bucks to that. Well, a lot of most shops do do three hundred grand a year, like like total sales. So when you're looking at three hundred grand a year, 
and I'm going to go invest 1%, well, not 1%, but a quarter, or a half percent to percent of my total sales, which would be a bigger percent of my net profit, in going to a trade show when I'm going to have reps come by my store every day to beg me to buy cigars for the next 12 months, why would I go to the show? Yeah, I mean, so my thought on it is that it's a bigger it's a bigger opportunity for small manufacturers than it is for big manufacturers or retailers because the small manufacturers, they they don't have reps all over the place. They don't have reps going into every single shop. But if you come to the IPCPR and they give you a good deal on their cigars, you're going to bring them in. And then if they sell well, you're going to keep bringing them in. So, and, and a lot of, like a lot of companies, like uh, a couple of years ago, Black Label was at the show yeah. and they, yep. they weren't a big name then. Nobody knew who they were. And people found out who they were because they were at the show. Um, and I think the... I think the smaller guys have a problem with the pre-show specials because it's what the bigger guys do who already have accounts. I mean, yeah. they're, those are retailers that they're going to sell to either way. They're just giving them incentive to buy from them and not go to the show and buy from other people. Here's, here's my uh, sort of tack on to, to the discussion. It, and I think this is, and I mean, I've, I've heard this from, you know, reps and people in the industry and other people. Uh, and I've seen it myself here in Canada. Um, if you're not getting out of your shop, if you're not getting out of your little part of the world, your bubble, your bubble, um, there's not a lot of, I don't think, I don't know if this is a fair statement or not, but I don't think there's a lot of cigar manufacturers that are, ne- or uh, cigar retailers that are necessarily pursuing, um, educate, educating themselves on the product, educating themselves on the company, um, really ch- self-training themselves on mm-hmm. the product they're selling. And I think, that a huge opportunity for them at the IPCPR is to meet the manufacturers and get that education that they're not going to pursue themselves. So yeah, maybe you've got 1500 facings, but if I come into your store and I ask you about 10% of your facings, can you tell me the first thing about that product, um, the tobacco, the company itself, what the profile is? Can, if I tell you a particular cigar, can you recommend five cigars that even from the major manufacturers that are within the Venn diagram of that cigar? Yeah, but John, you got to realize what you're talking about because I think the art of being a tobacconist is dead, right? And I've said this a thousand times. I was saying this four years ago is that the art of a tobacconist is dead, right? Where you go in and you think like the European, like Casa del Habano or, you know, like Habano stores or like a, a Davidoff store where they come in with the tray and they're behind you and they tell you every single thing about the cigar, usually not in very good English because you're in a foreign country, but they tell you everything about the cigar and it's awesome, right? Most of the time, when you go into a store, 99, I'd be willing to bet 99% of the people that come in a store say, hey, what cigar should I get for uh, my dad's uh, birthday? And they're going to say, whichever cigar is going to make me the most money yep. is going to be the answer. So the art, I, I agree that there's a huge opportunity for education um, for tobacconists, but I also don't think that that's really even required. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I've went, me personally, I can tell you, I've went into two different cigar shops and they were like, hey, what are you smoking? I'm like, hey, and usually I don't let a tobacconist follow me around because, I mean, not trying to be a jerk here, but I know more than they do. And I know what I'm going to smoke. I feel and, the same way, yeah. Yeah, I don't let them come in. I say, oh, no, I got it. I know. And I won't tell them that I once previously owned Cigar Federation or made own cigars or been in Nicaragua a hundred times. I don't do any of that. I just say, oh, I got I know what I want. And I've literally had people follow me around. In one store, they recommended me a Rocky Patel Decade. And then the other store, they recommended me the, I think it's the Alec Bradley Texas Lancero. 
after I plainly said that I was not interested in any donkey dick friggin' Vitolas. And, like, dude, like, I don't really, coming back to the point, is yes, you're right. It's an opportunity for education. I think it's a bigger opportunity for relationships, which a lot of people don't value or care about. But I don't have a problem. If if they want to sell cigars, the, the thing is, is, like, I don't know why people are getting so bent up out of shape out of it because in a year and a half, unless something changes with the FDA anyways, it's not going to matter because the only guys that are going to be at the show are the guys who pay to play or the big guys. And then there won't be, there really won't be a need for the show, honestly. Well, we're going to get back to that in just a moment. First of all, I want to remind our audience, you are tuning in to Cigar Chat Broadcast Live, heard around the world and picked up on the Armed Forces Radio Network. Please stay tuned for more from one of our sponsors. This show is sponsored by Cigar Oasis. Don't spend all your time worrying about your cigar wrappers cracking, splitting, or falling apart from humidity fluctuation issues. Set it and forget it by choosing Cigar Oasis, a professional solution which provides equal distribution of humidity with precise electronic controls. Monitor your cigars through the internet using the smart humidor Wi-Fi attachment. Why don't you spend all your time enjoying your cigars and relaxing and let Cigar Oasis protect your cigars. Cigar Oasis has solutions for any humidor. Make sure you set it and forget it today blonde bombshell we, we back oh it is good what are you smoking that blonde bombshell son mm, good what, what are husky you? lancero where do i get that dude it's kind of a husky lancero I, I i hate you for calling it that it's a churchill dog i'll call it whatever i want man <laughs> all right so we're getting comments about how this is a depressing show it is depressing uh and it is it uh is, but i think that's logan's fault i don't think this is the end of the cigar industry i think that the IPCPR is going to change in the next few years, assuming that the FDA doesn't go away. You know, the, how, wait, how are they going to change? Not going away. The looming FDA threat doesn't go away. Never goes away. Uh, uh, there's a chance that it could. And as uh, as we've seen already, there there are cigars <laughs> grandfathered. Yeah, because they I already said that's cool. I don't think anybody's gotten substantial equivalents yet, but I think I told you, uh, buddy. Once he gets yeah. someone like uses black patch or black dog or whatever the name of that crack black star patch, yeah. is, black patch, and he gets Risty Buck substantial equivalence on that cigar, then my opinion will change completely. All right, but that's I, not going to happen. Gonna get it. I think he's not going to get it. I think so. Okay, hey, if he does, man, hey, I'm wrong. I sold Sick Fed. It was a stupid move. Whatever. Sick Fed will be making a billion dollars in a couple of sure. years. Hey, man. Sorry. You know what? Then I'll be cool because then I'll be able to write. I'll be the guy they interviewed in the Forbes article about how I got out too soon. But I didn't. <laughs> I didn't ride it. I didn't ride the wave long enough. All right. So what else do you see happening with uh, IPCPR? So what I see with IPCPR uh, this year in particular is less limited editions. I mean, in the last few years, limited editions have been crazy. Like probably a third of the cigars have been like, "There's going to be ten thousand of these or whatever." I think that's a thing of the past. Yeah. I, I actually would just, dis- I disagree um, because, well, two things. One, and I got another point I'll make here in a second, but I don't think limited editions are going to go away because, I mean, if the FDA threat is still there, still very much marching forward, like a manufacturer can't go out. I mean, let me, this doesn't apply like a Pete Johnson. who's just going to sell a bunch of cigars because Pete Johnson, right? But you've got like little old, let's use Warped, for example. Warped's going to say, okay, I'm going to bring out a new cigar. And he can't go out and produce like 300,000 of them because what if they don't sell in the next two years? Then he's setting on a bunch of profit that he can't, he won't even be able to legally sell that cigar. Well, thank you. Go ahead. So the FDA has 
has, well, uh, Skip Martin told me that the FDA has specifically stated that as long as you don't change packaging or marketing, you can change the blend as much as you want. So, for example, uh, like the Tatuaje uh, TAA, he can make that every single year and change the blend as long as he doesn't change the, the size of the box and the number of cigars that are in that box. Hmm. Really? That's what I've been told. That just seems fishy because if you're testing it and you're trying to pers- pr- uh, prove substantial equivalence, changing the blend does underlyingly change its equivalence substantially. Do you know what I mean? Like, cause I mean, maybe not a lot. If you tweak it as like X, Y, Z, you change one leaf. It doesn't change a whole lot. But uh, if you're like, as cigar geeks, that's what we think. But well, I know from the FDA standpoint, as long as it's in the <laughs> same box, they don't give a shit. Well, true. But I'm, my point is, is that let's, you're not, you're going to see people do limited editions because it, it goes back to the point you just said, if you can tweak things, why not just release 10,000 and one thing and then call it version two or whatever, you know, and release it. Um, I don't know. I just have not seen this year nearly as many new cigars being released yeah. or announcements. So I don't think we're going to see as many new cigars, maybe a few, but what I've seen is like, and I'm not going to name names, but like press releases I've been getting this year seem like, is this really even news? Well, so Do you I know, know what I mean. Like I know of one of manufacturer that I, know I won't, one. I won't name I won't names, names either. But you they are about. bringing more SKUs than they've ever brought to the IPCPR. Really? Yeah. I wonder why. I I think there's um I think I think a lot of that's just not being announced. Like I think yeah <clears throat> I, think, know, I think we're I, gonna see a lot of announcements next week. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I think there's yeah. a you're gonna see a lot of product. <laughs> Coop Coop had a really great term for it, which I know gets under the rankles of a lot of manufacturers, but I think it's appropriate to call it a stealth release. Because, and, you know, this is not a judgment because if I was a manufacturer, I absolutely would have released 5,000 products out on the market. I would have billed manufacturer, or, uh, retailers for it. I would have put it on the shelf and, and I would have hedged my bet for the next five years trying to see where the market was going to go. So I don't, I don't, you know, I absolutely would have done the same thing, but those cigars haven't been officially announced and you're going to see basically that, you know, year two, which is actually year one cigars that were actually on the shelf last year. In, in the IPCPR this year, and we've already seen some of the big manufacturers, and I'm not going to name names, but we interviewed them, and they specifically said last year, we're not bringing out new blends, we're not focused on new blends, we're just keeping the business, that's our focus, and what did we see last week? A big announcement that they're expanding yep. the, 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 the uh, line of two major cigar brands that have been around for 10 years to add two new blends. Boom. For this year. I mean, I mean it's the state of the business, right? I mean, you have to... I mean cigar people want new cigars i mean that's just the, the all of it so i mean if you have to release stuff out in the wild i mean you have to do it but the question is is like how many of those that were released last year to beat the august 8th or august 9th deadline are actually going to be released this year because i think every manufacturer probably had 10 15 i've heard some had hundreds yeah, hundreds but how many are they actually going to legitimately release this year like one yeah, one Maybe or two. two. Yeah, one or two. I if think that. I think they're gonna. I mean, they're absolutely metering that out for the next, you know, call it five years. So they're gonna release two to five releases per year for the next four years. I think that's that's got to be the strategy. Yeah, you don't want to blow that what, up front. That's what we're expecting. Yeah. Well, you don't really have five years, dog. You got worst case. No, I know, but till, till August February twenty eighteen of two thousand nineteen. Yeah. Did you get an extra six months as a small? Right, right, because they did the extension. Yeah. I'm just mean in general, it's August of 2018, technically. <coughs> it's true. So we got like a year, mm-hmm. basically. 
So I don't know, man. I mean, I, don't know. I mean, we'll there's a lot less. Sorry, you have to say that again. I think you cut out a little bit there. There's a lot less media people going than last year. Is that a bad thing? No, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm <laughs> just saying. I, didn't I mean, I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to crap on media, but media gets put under a bit of a microscope for you know good and bad reasons. And I think there's a lot of people out there, you know, and everyone's, uh, you know, we're all geeks at heart, but I think there's some media organizations out there that, uh, you know, have a cigar blog and do one review a week and somehow have gotten press credentials for the IPCPR. And I mean, that's the, if that's the, the conditions for being at the IPCPR or whatever, but, uh, you know, we all know who the top five media places are and they're not on that list. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't disagree. I'm just saying. There's going to be less. You were asking a question. I was providing an answer. John. Logan. Sean. 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 It's going to be a fun week, though. I am looking forward to seeing you guys. I'm, yeah, I'm it's going to be a lot yeah. of fun. I, I, I get the sense based on the um, sort of some of the media events that are going on and some of the parties that are going on. And, and certainly, you know, our approach, and I think we talked about this a couple months ago, is that, you know, our approach is, is and, you know, we've been pretty I think, frank about it. We're approaching this IPCPR like it's going to be the last great IPCPR. Yeah, yeah, it may or may not be, but that's how, that's how we're approaching it. Oh. Yep. True. And maybe that means that next year half the retailers show up and, uh, you know, 20% of the manufacturers just don't have booths or maybe, um, you know, everybody gets acquired by Altidus or general don't know, but, um, you know, we're approaching it like this is the last big year and, uh, and we're going to kind of blow it out. And I think, like I said, I think a lot of the manufacturers, at least the smaller manufacturers are approaching it the same way. Cause I don't know. Like what do you think the future is of, um, cause there's been a, a lot of, uh, manufacturers and I'm not going to name names either. Uh, that are going to, you included, uh, small batch releases. Um, and I think um, Saka kind of talked about it on a podcast a couple of weeks ago, um, doing a small batch run of, you know, under a thousand cigars and just blowing it out and then going on to the next batch because they're not under the microscope of the FDA. They're not going to be, I don't know. you know, do you see that as a, as a potential business model for some of the smaller manufacturers? I don't know, man. I don't want to release any trade secrets. <laughs> but no, no, I mean, listen, you talk to any big guy like Skip or Saka, and you ask him, be like, hey, what Logan's doing at SigFed Tobaccos, and they're going to say I'm the Antichrist and that I'm doing everything wrong, and I am like the antithesis of everything in the cigar industry. And yes, I kind of am. Or I guess <laughs> was. I guess the question, the answer would be was. Because that is the percent the top five percent that i'm pandering to that like to have hand cuffs on their cigars who like to have it called husky lands nobody likes to have it called husky lancero dog i don't give a crap what anybody says that was genius that was genius and anyways you're still talking about 44 huh you let me get away with the 44 46 ring gauge i'd like to get away with it but not at 48 who knows 47 47 anyways but you're still talking about that's all that matters, right? I'm not like, and I think that it's not a bad idea. And I think you'll see more manufacturers, if they were smart, get into this model because it solves a lot of problems, man. It'll, you make more money, you're direct to consumer, you own those relationships. Like it just makes a lot of sense, man. And I think you're right. I think I'm not saying it 
I'm going to do anything illegal or anything like that. But you're exactly right. Who is the FDA going to look at first? They're going to look at the big people, the big pockets to see if how compliance is. But yeah, I mean, after the drop dead date or whatever it is, I don't know if people are going to be doing things illegally. I hope they aren't. But up until then, it's not a bad business model. Before we uh, get into our next question here and get back to some of the audience questions and comments, I uh, do want to take another station break here. Remind our audience, you are tuned into Cigar Chat Broadcast Live. Heard at CigarFederation.com, YouTube.com, and Facebook Live. Get your comments, questions, and emojis in. Please stay tuned for more from one of our sponsors. show brought to you by Drew Estate. Until June 30th, if you're a Drew Diplomat member, you attend a rewards program event and make a promotional purchase, you will receive a Liga Privada Velvet Rat. You'll also be entered to win a Drew Diplomat Pewter Ashtray, Mega Standing Ashtray, or the Swag Closet Humanor, dubbed the Divorcinator. All these products were built and designed by Drew Estate Subculture Studios. If you're not a member, download the Drew Diplomat app from the Apple Store or Google Play Store today. We back talking about IPCPR. So one of the questions that the IPCPR sent out, and I've been talking on Cigar Chat for the last few interviews about this. They kind of, um, it seemed like they were kind of reaching out, maybe looking at the future of the IPCPR, talking about where it would be if it wasn't in Las Vegas. And uh, Logan, you've obviously been to more IPCPRs than I have. Um, I've been in a few different cities now. Um, I, I want to get your take, first of all, of uh, you know how you would rate the cities that the IPCPR is in. And uh, where you think the best city would be for the IPCPR if it you know it could be in Vegas or anywhere else? Well, I've been to all three major cities, New Orleans, and that was hands down the absolute worst. It was abomination. Other than the convention center itself was kind of legit. It was like a big convention center, um, and it was well air conditioned, which was nice. Uh, but everywhere outside, it was impossible to smoke cigars. It was absolutely atrocious. Um, Orlando was okay. The convention center was nice. Um, there was a decent amount of places to to go smoke. Um, I mean, there's Corona's Cigar, which is packed every night. So Jeff Borshowitz, I'm sure, was just ringing in the money. And, uh, but yeah, so that was all good. And it was, it, I liked that, even though I didn't have a fan. Well, I mean, I was married at the time, but I didn't have a, a kid at the time. But that would be good for a retailer who was like, had a family. Because, I mean, literally Disney World and like all of that stuff is just like right, right there. Make your family like, vacation, send the wife exactly, to Disney. Exactly, exactly. But I, I'm a big fan of Vegas because it's really easy to get to. There's tons of places to smoke, tons of stuff to do. You know, you can eat if you want to eat well, you can eat well. If you want to go gamble, you can go gamble. If you want to get into hookers, you can go get into hookers. You can do whatever you want. <clears throat> There's something there for everybody. But if there was going to be a city in which they had the IPCPR and where they've never had it. I could say I could be cliche and say Miami, which would be very cliche, but it would be cool. But I think if they were to have an IPCPR at a random place, not that it would get a bunch of like visitors or, you know, a lot of attendees, but what I think would be cool would be having it in like New York City. There's nowhere to smoke in New York City, dog. I know, man. That's crazy I still think it'd expensive. be cool. I, I still think it'd be cool. I mean, isn't the problem, isn't like all of this is being driven by, um, it's not manufacturers because many bigger, especially bigger manufacturers, they're going to be there regardless, right? Whether you have it in Orlando, whether you have it in Chicago, whether you have it in Miami, it doesn't matter. They're going to be there. Really what it is, it's, it's the retail element, right? They're looking to attract how to get the retailers, you know, retailers complain because, uh, cause it's, first of all, let me just say I'm flying in from Canada. 
I don't understand why Vegas gets this bad rap. Vegas is extremely easy to get to for oh, flights. Oh, it's so easy. So easy. It has a direct it's, out of Austin, for the love of God. Dog, there's a direct out of – if I can take a direct out of Calgary, you can take a direct out of any major city in the United States. And flights mm-hmm. to Vegas are – I mean, for me, they're cheap, right? Hotels are reasonably I mean, inexpensive. Compared to other flights, they're dirt cheap. Yeah. I mean, I paid double to fly to Chicago, and Chicago is a third the distance to Vegas, right? It's true. No, it's a very accessible city. Tons of places to stay. You can either do it high end at the Cosmo, or you can go stay at the Stratosphere. I mean, you could. I mean, Vegas is the best city to have it. But you got to realize one thing about retailers, John, is that I'm about to trash retailers. Retailers are the whiniest bunch of bitches on the face of the earth, and. If, if it was in Vegas, people are going to bitch. If it's in Orlando, people are going to bitch. If it's New Orleans, people are going to bitch. If it's in Kansas City, people are going to bitch. They're going to bitch anywhere. And if they don't, if somebody sells online at 10% cheaper, they're going to bitch about that. You're in an industry where everybody's going to bitch. It doesn't matter what you do. It's like the lost luggage counter at like American Airlines as the IPCPR. No matter what they do, there's going to be people pissed off. It does not matter. You know what I mean? No one's happy. No one's happy. Logan, so, your filter's coming off now that you're uh, exiting. That's the truth. That's the truth. Though. Am I wrong? You're not wrong. No, I'm not, not wrong, wrong at all. So, Logan, if you're on the administrative panel, the 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 big wigs, the decision makers for the IPCPR, what are you I'm, doing? I'm, I'm, I am available. Just so you know, you're available. I am available for a board you, position. If anybody, if anybody's interested, get nominated to a board <laughs> position. So, what is what yeah. would what would your strategy be? outside of the box or inside of the box strategy to get more retailers to show up at the IPCPR? Uh, that's a good question. We ask good questions here. I mean, so I, chat. I, that's true. I haven't really thought about it. I mean, I haven't put any thought into it. I'm trying to come up with some really genius ideas, but honestly, like if I was going to do it, like, because I mean, the whole idea of having a trade show on one week is it's just, it's bad. Like it's just, you're going to eliminate people because they're traveling or they've got vacations or they don't want to fly out there. I mean, there's got to be a better way to digitize and make it more virtual so more people would attend. And I mean, I don't know what the answer to that is, but there's got to be a better way. And well, let me, sorry, let me cut you off and, and throw this at you. <clears throat> because, and I don't know, you know, I don't know what the trends are in the markets in the United States. I only know the trends that are in Canada, but this is, you know, and I'm sure the Northeast of the United States is probably very, very similar buying probably. patterns in central to Canada and certainly to, to Alberta. We have like a five and a half month period of sales, right? People don't buy cigars in December. I mean, they buy some gifts or whatever, but like you have a dead zone between November and February where it's too cold. There's no place to smoke. Or if there is a place to smoke, it's, you know, you're not going to go there to smoke because it's too cold. You don't want to brush off your snow off your car. So is the problem that the IPCPR is at the wrong time of the year. It's right smack dab in the middle of some of the busiest time of the season for the, for the retailers. Do we need to push it to, and we being the Royal, we do we need to push it to November or February where it's the off season. Now there's more of an incentive because they're, the business is slow and there's, there's a opportunity to walk away from your store for a couple of days. I don't know. I mean, I think the time of the year, I mean, just from a, a manufacturing standpoint is that it wouldn't be great to have in February, No, even though I think, because all, everyone in every cigar producing country, they take off for like a month in December. The factory shut down. Mm-hmm. So then you come back and there would be no cigars to even sell. Um, so I don't know. I mean, 
I don't know. I mean, I would honestly, I would rather see an IPCPR where, you know, it's maybe done more by region or something. And maybe it's done by region or maybe it's done something like that. And maybe it's not four days because four days is, I mean, during the middle of a week is a commitment. Do you know what I mean? Like maybe you shorten it up. I don't know. Or, or maybe you do something. I don't know. I mean, there's got to be a better way to do it. And it's just, it's hard to get that many people. And plus, like, honestly, a part of it is that if I'm going to get, if I was a retailer and I own a brick and mortar, which I don't, and I could get, and I had relationships with everyone, every manufacturer that I buy from. Or the other thing is, is that if let's just say I, I, I buy Perdomo's, why the hell am I going to go to the trade show to talk to Perdomo when I buy 80% of Perdomo anyways? Like, what's the point? Do you know what I mean? Yep. There has to be an incentive beyond that. And like the education piece, they don't really provide, no offense to IPCPR, but they don't really provide education. Yes, they have the seminars, but dude, last year during the, the FDA seminar, it was a couple of really smart people on stage and people were asking questions. They're like, well, we can't really comment on that at this point in time. Like it wasn't like educational. Like I have not learned anything at IPCPR. I'm not saying I know everything because I don't, but I've never seen a blending seminar at IPCPR. I've never seen, hey, um, here is how you know, to cross-sell or upsell cigars. I've never seen that. I've never seen that. There's, there's nothing other than, hey, you should come here and buy cigars. And that's what you're paying $3.95 a year for. So you had an interesting suggestion. So taking the suggestion one step further. So, um, you know, having, having a quarterly or let's say you have the uh, Southern U.S. IPCPR that's hosted in, let's just say, San Antonio or Houston sure. in, uh, say, April. And then you have the, uh, the Northeast IPCPR, and I don't know where you'd host it. Certainly Pennsylvania. Uh, Pennsylvania, yeah. Let's call it Pennsylvania. That's a good in, idea. In November, during the off-season of Pennsylvania, and then it's just focused on the northeast and central central north part of the United States for, for that part of the industry. And you kind of break it into essentially two sections. I mean, the West Coast is kind of fucked now because, you know, with California taxes, I don't know what's going to happen there, but nothing. they're down. Yep. So I don't know. I mean, maybe you make it. Because really, the big states for cigars, anyways, no offense, are Florida, yep, Texas, and California. Which California is a little different now, but like if you had something central, you know, Texas region, you had something for the Northeast or the the West, and something for you know Northeast Miami, all around in there. You had two or three, and maybe you rotate it. I don't know, or maybe you don't charge retailers for coming. You know what I mean? There's a thought. <laughs> maybe you don't charge retailers for coming. I don't know, or I don't know. I mean, you and, you and I are both metric-driven guys, so I think it would be really interesting if we had the numbers, and they're never going to give it to us. But um, I think it'd be really interesting to see what percentage of retailers from a particular region are coming year over year. Um, and you you could take that very easily and do an analytical plan to say, well, it's clear that you know this city is more of a draw for this region, and this city is more of a draw for this region. And that would allow you to drive a business plan to say, well, this is how we're going to strategize to target that particular region of the states or that particular region of buyers. That's true. I mean, the thing is, is with IPCPR though, is that do they really, I mean, man, I'm just like totally gloves off tonight, but do they really give a crap at the end of the day? Right? Like they've got people, they've got manufacturers they are charging out the wazoo for boosts. They're charging retailers three ninety five or whatever it is for memberships and people show up now. Grain, Yes. They could probably, you know, maximize their profit curve a little bit more and do things to shake it up. But I mean, really, what's the IPCPR's expense other than a couple of resources, you know, at their headquarters and 
the trade show, which obviously that expense has now been reduced because we're no longer in the, the granddaddy uh, Venetian. Fair point. I mean, why do they care? Fair point. Maybe you, have, maybe you have a small guy show and a big guy show. You know, I don't know. I mean, or maybe you, I mean, I mean why don't you tack IPCPR on to other major, like, you know, big events people go to, like CI Fest or Big Smoke or other big cigar events that a lot of people go to and also include consumers in it. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot you could do to test and to trial it out. But, like, you're not, like, in a, I don't know, you're just, it's, like, almost more of a check-the-box activity than it is one where it's, like, hey, let's try to really take this to the next level. I don't Tri- know. Trippy, how are we doing for uh, questions, comments, feedback, emojis? Uh, pretty good. We got we got a couple of emojis. We got uh, emojis? Yeah. But not too many, not too much audience feedback. Nobody cares. Well, people think the traveling trade show is a good idea. I like the traveling trade show, man. Uh, <clears throat> Jason Raybuck thinks Pennsylvania is a good idea. Of course he does. <laughs> he, he would. <laughs> yeah. Can't come, Jason. You're a consumer. Yeah, exactly. And that's always kind of been uh, kind of strange decision, right? Yeah, it's it's like a trade show, but then also there's so much announcing new products and stuff like that that it seems like it would be a thing where they would allow they would at least sell some consumer tickets. You, they were going to do a consumer day a couple <laughs> years ago. You remember that, John? And it never yeah. happened. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why you don't do a consumer consumer show. I mean, I maybe 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 you need to do maybe you do. F- so to your point, four days being a lot of days, maybe you do the uh, trade show as two days as manufacturers and the last two days as consumers or, or yeah. open up to consumers. You know, a thing that would solve a lot of problems, I think, is you make the show like one or two days and then you watch. Oh, this was a good business idea. I should start, but I'm going to tell you anyways, is that you create an organization that every manufacturer say, hey, what you're releasing this year you know, put in one cigar into a quote unquote retail sampler pack of what you're going to be releasing at the trade show. And then every retailer signs up for a hundred bucks or whatever it is to get all of these samples. And basically it's a way for them to not have to go to the trade show, but they get to sample and test everything that's new. So it kind of eliminates the whole IPCPR in general, right? Like it friggin' lets you try the new stuff, lets you order it. And it kind of solves a lot of problems because you're going to get a hell of a lot more people to sign up for that than you would a, a trade show, at least I think. And then you make the trade show a day or two for the people that really want to show up. And then you make the rest of it a consumer, man. Because that's, I, I mean, dude, that's, could you imagine? Okay, that's not a terrible You've never been to the trade show. Yeah, I've never been. This will, this will be my first trade show. Logan, just log on. I want to video your face. Okay. No, I'm here. I can hear. All I right. can hear you. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was gonna say the first time I walked in the trade show floor was like awe for me. I was like, Aah! and I'm gonna video your face because you're gonna do the same thing. And I think I'm you would sure get more value from a consumer walking in and being able to go around to every booth and talk with people and hang out and all of that than you would a retailer. I don't know. I, I mean, the problem with that, though, from a manufacturer standpoint, is that they don't. Not every manufacturer brings cigars to give away. And That's bull not crap. Every, yes, not every do. manufacturer brings enough to give away to every single person that walks past their booth. Well, they should. They should. Yes. Um, if they were smart, and, they should. 
and that would be that would be the problem with having consumers there is well, that they, consumers would expect to be able to go to every booth and get a free cigar. Well, then something. what you do? Then it's simple. You make the consumer ticket two hundred bucks or whatever, and it's enough to cover the manufacturers that want to participate. You make it enough to cover the cost of all the cigars they're going to have to give out. All right, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, and you don't have to get freaking you know like I don't know. I yeah, Black like, Label Trading Company doesn't have to sign up, but uh, you know, as long as there is the, as long as you know, I'm sure General would be happy to do a cigar sampler yeah. for all the people showing up. Absolutely, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. In fact, I feel I feel like that'd be more of a benefit for the uh, smaller companies because they could almost ride on the coattails of the bigger companies that are you know because the small the, the guys are going to come there get the bigger cigar company samplers, but they're also going to check out some of the other offerings that maybe can't afford to provide that cigar sampler. Right. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you could also sell it. I mean, you can make it where you're selling at the show, too, and make it kind of like an event. Yeah, have direct-to-consumer sales. They can come buy, I don't know, a five-pack, a couple cigars. Whatever. And, and But the problem is is that every retailer is going to get all butthurt about that. Yeah, because you're taking money out of their pocket. Of Not course you are. Maybe, maybe they should show up at the show. Maybe. Maybe, maybe yeah, that would I solve mean, the problem. <clears throat> I mean, the problem with that would be you're taking money out of their pocket now. But then when that guy wants to buy another Black Label cigar, where's he going to go? It's retail. Well, most likely his retailer is an idiot and doesn't carry Black Label. And then he's going to exactly. go online. Exactly. His, that's, his that's retailer, the problem his, with IPCPR. His retailer is definitely an idiot if they don't carry Black Label trade. No question. So I don't know. I mean, I, there's just a lot wrong in the cigar. So I think I'm sure there's wrong in every industry. But I'm just kind of interested to see because you would think – the last couple of years, they would have made big changes since that. Who's Mark Purcell or whatever his name is became the president of IPCPR. I mean, nothing's happened. It's really been the status quo. You know what yeah. I mean? Nothing's changed other than we we're, were having the event in a, a subprime uh, location. But other than that, nothing's changed. Other than when coffee will be available at the, the foundation booth. Please come by and check it out. I'm, I'm going to go block. get some coffee. I'm, I'm just up. If you're not a retailer, you don't get a cup. Oh. I'm just hoping that my uh, my my uh, purchases will be available. I, I, do I need to remind Lane Coffee about my my? You might want to you might want to email Lane Coffee, even though I've got a reminder to roast it on Friday. Um, but you might want to go ahead and send an email to Lane Coffee to remind them to roast that. Copy that. I got to get my roasting on in the next couple of days because I said I was going to bring some samplers too. You said that. I don't yep. know. Yep. Hey, Trip. Speaking of, what do you think of that Malawi? In the Coffee of the Month Club. Uh, I don't remember if I got that one yet. Uh, I've, I've been raging on cold brew lately. so okay. uh, And and also, uh, I talked about a few weeks ago, my wife discovered that she likes mocha. Mm. Like, so, you know, she had the weight loss surgery. Yeah. And before that, she hated coffee. Like, she would order, like, the double chocolate chip frappuccino from right. Starbucks. And they would accidentally put a shot of coffee in and she'd be like, I can't even drink this. It's disgusting. Uh, and now she's hopelessly addicted. So like every awesome. other day, she's got me running out to buy her a mocha. <clears throat> so I drink that kind of coffee or cold brew lately. Okay. We're, uh, we're off topic with a coffee talk, but I want to point out, I, I actually just picked up a, uh, a really nice uh, espresso machine. Really? So, Which one? The Escaso, the V3 Escaso. And uh, man... I've, I've forgotten what good espresso is like when I can make it myself with quality beans and, you know, dialing the shot perfectly every time. It's, it's just like, it's, 
it's one of those things like for me, espresso at a coffee shop, there's so many places that don't know how to pull a good shot or they don't bother dialing in their espresso machine. And the difference between a good shot and a bad shot is like night and day. Like it's just so, so different. The problem is, is that it's, I mean, I have the, the rebel and I like it, but like it's, I mean, it, even if you're using the same bean on the same grind, like it's hard to dial it in because there's so many factors, right? You, you tamp it a little too tight or this or that. There's so much that can affect it. And that's the hard part for me. Yeah. yeah but when yeah. you get a good shot, you're right. It is beautiful. So, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to, uh, <clears throat> so, so bring it, bring it back around to more positivity. So, I mean, one of the most exciting things for me about the IPCPR, first of all, is meeting up with manufacturers and people who, you know, I would call friend now, like these are people that, um, we get together, we have a lot of fun. Um, you know, we clown around a little bit, we go out, we have, uh, dinner, we, we drink, we smoke. Um, and it's, it's a, it's a fun opportunity to get together with these people because otherwise they're out in the Dominican Republic or Nicaragua or off in Germany somewhere and you don't have an opportunity to see them the rest of the year. Um, to say nothing of the fact that you talked about the slogan, the relationship building, I think there's a huge aspect to, um, you know, if you really want to, build a relationship with this particular brand, with your retail organization, there's really no better place than the IPCPR. Mm-hmm. I mean, other than the pure support, yeah, it's pretty tough to get a manufacturer. I mean, in an event, you don't have time to get to know a manufacturer because you're too busy in sales mode. You know, you, yeah. you, you don't have an opportunity for that. So um, that's a big part of it for me, for sure. I would agree. No, and I'm of course, our, our, our best in class video coverage that, you know, everyone comes around to watch. It's tight. Tight like a tiger. Tight like a tiger. Just saying. Up we ended on a positive note. That's right. I'm excited. When do we leave? Monday? Monday morning. Monday. We all get in Monday morning. I get there at 8 in the morning, Vegas time. I get there That's at 9.30, I think. Maybe I'll 10. already be on the... Yeah, I'll already be probably three cigars deep by that trip. I'm <laughs> sure you will. I'll text you and find out where you are. I know. Just text me. I'll say, holla! I, th- I think it's going to be really interesting to... Find out where uh, wherever where the haunt is, where everyone's hanging out this time around, because uh, you know won't be the circle. Yeah, it's going to be different. Oh. So, is the Wingate attached to the convention center, or is it just no, right next it's, door? It's right across the street. It's right across the street. Okay, so there's no hotel attached to. This. No. Okay. And I get the so, sense that there's a lot of a lot of events and parties and and uh, smoking and stuff that's going to be happening there. I feel like there's a lot more parties than last year. Like I feel yeah, like I mean, there's something every. I know there's like two things that I, like it's like deep. Yeah, our calendar's pretty full, and like we're not even into it yet. This is true, but yeah, no, it's gonna be good, man. I'm excited. It's gonna be one of the last two raw, and I may or may not slap Eric Espinosa's ass. I don't know. We'll just have to see how it all how it all shakes out. You have to check we'll that see. out at our live yeah. coverage. It's gonna be awesome. And of course, we're not gonna have a cigar chat next week. We're not gonna have a sharing our pairing. We'll probably do, uh, like we did in previous years. We'll probably have a recap show. Uh, depending on how cranky Logan is, we'll do a recap show. In fact, the crankier the Logan is, the uh, more interesting the recap shows are at the end of the night. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. So I'm sure we'll do some uh, some spontaneous uh, shows on that. So make sure to tune into Cigar Federation for that because uh, we'll post it up, you know, 15 minutes before we go live. So probably around like 6 PST-ish, I would think, most nights. I mean, the show ends at 5, and then, I don't know, it's a pretty good trek down to the Cosmo, isn't it? It's an Uber right away, for sure. Well, I know it is. Like a cab or Uber or whatever, but... I mean, we... Yeah, probably, yeah. Probably six. Six-ish. Be good. All right. Cool. 
Uh, so make sure to tune into the coverage. It'll be a lot of fun. We'll be back at uh, a regular scheduled time in two weeks. You can check out Sharing Our Pairings and Cigar Chat at our regular scheduled time. But definitely don't miss our IPCBR coverage at the Las Vegas Convention Center. Brought to you by Art Cigars Battle Zone.